In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Brothers and sisters, when we look at history, when we look at our own modern times, contemporary times, one thing I think stands out as a surprise, and it is the human capacity for indifference, for apathy, especially in the face of really great goods, great beauties, and also really grave evils. That the human mind, that the human heart is able to look at really amazing things and not feel much towards them. Or look at really evil things and not really feel much repulsion towards them. And I'll give you a couple examples. In history, in the history of our country and every country that's ever existed basically, slavery is one of those things. That human beings were slaves to other human beings is just a great atrocity. It was common among all of humanity and it's, it was so normalized that nobody even batted an eye. No one even, even thought about it. Everybody was just indifferent about it. So much so that they didn't even think about it. In today's time, it's similar to some of the social issues that we deal with now, like abortion. Abortion is a grave evil. It's murder, the murder of the most innocent, the murder of the most vulnerable. And many people, most people, don't even bat an eye. They don't even think about it. They see it as a very normal thing. The human capacity for indifference at the sight of grave evils is really a fascinating thing, but it's something I think we should think more about. In the Gospel reading today, this is reflected also towards the end of the Gospel reading, where the rich man says to, to Abraham, send Lazarus to my brothers so that they don't end up in this place as well. Let them let him warn them. It'll be easier for them to accept it if they see somebody risen from among the dead. And Abraham says, no, if they're not going to listen to the word of God, Moses and the prophets, neither will they repent if they see somebody risen from the dead. Somebody risen from the dead is not enough to rouse up the spirit of somebody who is that indifferent, even something as great as rising from among the dead. That's what I think, part, partly at least, this gospel reading is about. The gospel reading, Jesus gives us the parable about a rich man and Lazarus, we know the story. The rich man, as it says in the gospel reading, was clothed in purple and fine linen. This is king's clothing, this is royal clothing, they dressed in purple. He was, he feasted sumptuously every day. So he's concerned with his dress, he's concerned with the things that he wears, with the way he looks, he's kind of vain. And he's concerned with the way he eats, his passions. He's concerned with satisfying himself, both in the way he looks and, and, the, and the, the pleasure that he receives from food. All the while, there's a man, a poor man named Lazarus at his gate, full of sores. He's hungry. He would love to eat even the crumbs that fell from that man's table. But he was not able. The rich man is so indifferent to the poor man that's laying at his gate. He doesn't even notice him. He doesn't even know that he's there. He's so caught up in his own clothing and in his own food that he doesn't even realize that there's a human being over there at his gate, full of sores and he's hurt and he's hungry and he's all these things and he can easily help him, but he doesn't even notice him to help him. How is it 
that the rich man gets to this point in his psychology, in his, in his spirituality, that he doesn't even notice another human being because he's so caught up in his clothing and in his food. I'll give you an example. This is relevant for us today. Someone whose palate, whose taste buds, are trained by, you know, candies and sweets and sodas just full of sugar, they can't really appreciate the taste and the purity of the sugar that comes from fruits. They can't enjoy fruits very easily anymore because their palates are so oversaturated by the sugar that comes from sodas or from, from sweets. Someone whose ear is trained by rap music or rock music or just popular music in general from today's culture no longer has the capacity to appreciate the rhythm and the beauty and the, the, the kind of harmony that comes with classical music. You know that. I mean, we all know that. We try to get kids sometimes to listen to good music and they can't stand it. They can't, they re, they're like repulsed by it. But it's objectively good. And it's objectively helpful to the mind and to the heart. It's forming to the human person. But they can't even listen to it because they're so oversaturated by the beats, by the music, by the rhythm of rap and rock and what it does to the passions, that they don't have the patience anymore for classical music or for church chant or for more healthy forms of music. You know, political philosophers, especially classical political philosophers, when they advise kings and rulers of nations, how do you hold on to your rulership? How do you hold on to your power? What do you have to do? Desensitize the population, desensitize people by giving them things that they can indulge their passions in, their desires. Just give them free stuff as much as possible. They can eat as much as they want. They can drink as much as they want. They can sleep and be as comfortable as they want to be. And that way they won't have the capacity anymore to think freely because they're no longer free. Because now they're imprisoned by their passions and by their desires. And when you do that, you limit their capacity to think about life. And so to challenge the ruler when the ruler is overextending his power. We get so addicted to things that we don't have the ability to be free to think any longer. But all this is to say, this is kind of the normal way of human history, but the tragedy of it all is the loss of the human spirit, the human spirit that God created us with, the human spirit that God created in His own image and likeness to be like Him. That human spirit is dulled down and is desensitized when we're so indulgent in our passions and in our, in our desires and our wealth. The human mind and the human heart can only know God when the human mind and the human heart is free to know God. But when we're imprisoned by materialism and by desires, it's no longer free to know God. It's only when the spirit is free to know God can it flourish as a human being. And it's only when we know God and we love God that we can really know and love one another. Otherwise, we end up like the rich man in this gospel reading who doesn't even know Lazarus. He clearly doesn't know God if he can't know another human being. Who doesn't love another human being because he's so in love with the way he looks and with the things that he eats. Brothers and sisters, this takes me to our situation in our own community today. 
where Chaldean youth are oversaturated in stuff. So much so that drugs are rampant among our youth. Where sexual perversion and promiscuity among boys and girls is rampant in our community. Where our youth are largely irreligious, don't care about God, don't care about family, don't care about what it means to be a real human being. Is this situation among our youth, is this unrelated to the reality and to the fact that our community in general is just insatiably obsessed with wealth and gaining more wealth and accumulating more stuff for ourselves? Is that unrelated to it? I don't think so. I think it's us constantly giving sweets, giving sodas, playing rap music and rock music into the ears and to the minds of our youth so much so that they can't appreciate fruits anymore. They can't appreciate proper music anymore. They can't appreciate proper life anymore. They can't even live it and they don't have the capacity to even understand it. What do we do about this situation? We have to become human again. We have to know God again. We have to be free again. We have to discipline ourselves again and restrict ourselves again from all these things lest we end up like the rich man, where we can see a poor person at our gate and not do anything about it, not even bat an eye. But the irony here is that we are Lazarus. We are that poor man at the gate that's hungry. We are the ones that are thirsty. We are the ones that are full of sores, where the dogs come and lick on our sores. We are Lazarus because we have so much desensitized ourselves by our wealth and by our materialism and by our passions that we no longer have the capacity even to eat proper food. We no longer have the capacity even to live as proper human beings. What is the solution to this then? Reawaken our hearts to what it means to be a human being created in the image and likeness of God. And give away some of our stuff. Think about, look for Lazarus and save the life of Lazarus. Think about one another. Let's think about what God wants us, what God wants from us. And be able to detach ourselves from the things of this world so that we can attach ourselves again to our own spirit and to the spirit of God who dwells in us. Brothers and sisters, that is the only way to live. Lest we end up desensitized, so much so that we are no longer free in our minds, no longer free in our hearts, to know God and then to know one another who oftentimes feel neglected and unaffiliated with each other so much so that we are totally deflated in our lives. We can't even eat the food that comes from a master's table. Brothers and sisters, it is a looking outward towards God and towards one another. That is what it will save our lives. Not looking inward to the way we look outside and the things that we dress and the things that we, that we eat and just accumulating more and more pleasures for ourselves. The human spirit dwells in love, and love means going outside of ourselves for the sake of other people. And that's the only thing that will save us in the end. Amen.